Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, let's go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We are joined by Fangraphs' Devin Fink. Devin, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm good. Uh, I am just, uh, you know, trying to figure out this whole baseball thing. It's uh, it's basically been uh, everything I care about in life, and uh, I've never I've never been more confused about the game itself. But you're doing the Lord's work over there at Fangraphs, and you are breaking everything down. Before we get to some of the work that you've been doing and the great work that you've been doing, uh, I got to ask you about the Indians first and foremost. Uh, impressions, thirty plus games into this year. Feels like the pitching staff has been awesome. The relieving situation has been awesome, and the offense sometimes leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's really there's holes. Is the point here, Devin? Uh, how do you see it? No, I, I'm totally with you. Um, you know, I was I was looking at the leaderboards earlier this morning. 26 in WRC plus. Obviously, you know, you can see that on the day on a nightly basis. They're just not getting the job done on offense. Uh, but you know, coming over the pitching staff, you know, I think it's a classic. Indian team, right? Always got the pitching. The offense always leaves a little bit to be desired outside of a few bright spots. Uh, Jordan Luplo has been great. Jose Ramirez, you know, consistently is an excellent player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pitching heavy. The offense needs to score some more runs. But only a half game back right now, I mean, you can't hate that. It's only May, and then there's plenty of time left in the season for to turn things around or maybe make an addition at the trade deadline if need be. Yeah, well, what's funny is that – you know, so Indians fans went from complete like apathy to now all of a sudden you look around the rest of the AL Central and it's like, wait a second, we we have a, we have a chance here. Like this, eighty eight wins, eighty nine wins. The, the Twins off to a miserable start. White Sox and you know Tony Orusa already infighting. Like there's a legitimate chance that eighty nine, ninety wins somewhere in that ballpark could win you the AL Central, and it's starting to draw people back in. But then they're looking at it like it's a zero-sum game. Like either we make it to the postseason or we don't. And if we don't, it's considered a failure. And I don't know if that's necessarily the right perspective either. Well, I mean, I think when, when you've kind of been in a more or less win-now mode for the last few years, I mean, the, the Indians are always kind of in the mix, making the playoffs. You know, I think all the way back to the mid-2010, 2015, 2016, when they really started turning things around. So it's, it's hard to think that, you know, you can still consider a season a success if the, if they're not in the postseason at this point. Okay, I can I can rationalize that. Uh, how do they get there then? What what has to happen for the Indians to get there? Well, I mean, it's helped that the Twins have started to struggle. I mean, if you look at their playoff odds between the the start of the season and now, I think they're around twenty four percent. Now they're already up to thirty four percent. So a ten point bump in just over a month is definitely trending in the right direction. Um, projected for about 84 wins. And, and as you said, I think high 80s, low 90s is what's going to do it. So, 
how do you get there? I think you got to add some more offense at the trade deadline or hope things start to turn around. I think Cesar Hernandez is a, is a, is a good starting point. I mean, he's great at defense and he, you know, has hit decently well in the past, but he's, he's definitely hitting under his, his average and under what he did last year in terms of overall production. And, and he just needs more, more batted balls to just fall in for hits. And I think once that starts turning around, the batted ball call quality is there. So that could be another bat in the lineup to lend the lineup. And I think, you know, ultimately it'll come down to what they have to do in the midseason trade deadline if they can add an impact batter too. And yes, I think they can compete. I think they can make the playoffs. And then from that point, it's it's anyone's game. Is there any name that kind of stands out to you that the Indians should be targeting? Then I was thinking like Colin Moran, someone like that would be nice. Uh, you know, an offensive upgrade. I know he just left with an injury yesterday, but we'll see how serious that is. Uh, anyone that stands out to you that would be just like you just slot him right in for either you know first base or center field. The, the two holes we have here. Yeah, I mean, I think a guy that can make a lot of sense would be like Charlie Blackman of, of oh, the nice. Rockies. I know he's a little bit a little bit expen- expensive, uh, but, I mean, he's on the last year of his contract. Has two player options, though, which could be a little bit of a detractor uh, for Cleveland. Uh, but I, I think he's a guy that has hit in the past. Um, he started off a little bit slow, but, the, again, the batted ball quality looks like he he's still there. And if you're willing to take on that risk that he'll pick up his player options and could be in Cleveland for the next two years, I think he's a good buy-low candidate. I mean, he's walking more than 10% of the time for the first time in his career. He's striking out less than 15% of the time. And kind of in a similar situation to Hernandez, he's just not having the uh, the base hits aren't falling. But I think, you know, he's a guy that could be picked up kind of on the cheap considering the contract situation um, and the fact that he fills a need, too. He, I think he'd be a great ad. Joined by Fangraphs, Devin Fink here on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, what, what is the biggest surprise to you in the short season about this Indians roster? I mean, I think really it's, 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 it's funny because, you know, Karinczak is so good. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's just even this good um, when he started <laughs> off has just been, you know, a huge – I wouldn't say a surprise, but when you're striking out 57% of the hitters you faced and you fixed your one issue, which was he was walking about 15% of the guys last year, and that's down to 5.7% for, a, you know, a strikeout minus walk ratio of – Almost fifty-one percent. I mean, that is just like level that I, I think I've never seen before. And you know, who knows if you'll be able to keep that up for the rest of the season? And it's hard to pinpoint a guy who was that elite last year as being a surprise this year. But he basically made his one great skill even better, made his one sort of weak spot even better, and has turned into basically an unhittable machine. He has a tip of like .77, and he's allowed like what one run so far this year, and it's yeah. it's pretty much sustainable. And that's the amazing thing about it. Uh, Indians also have been uh, no-hit twice. And uh, we're going to get to some of the extensive work you've done on home runs and, and everything attached to that and some of the really great pieces over at Fangraphs. But i got to ask you, is the no-hitter, is it bad for baseball right now? You know, it's funny. I think the no-hitters are fun when they're novel. But I think the, the more that they're less novel, the less fun that they are. I mean, it's fun when there's only a couple no-hitters going on each season and, and it's something to celebrate. But if this is going to be a common occurrence and we've only we've seen four plus Madison Bumgarner's seven-ninths of a no-hitter, um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that I would throw it in the bad-for-baseball category quite yet, but I think we're starting to unfortunately move towards apathy when I don't know that we should be. You know, we should count bum gardeners. I, it's so stupid to me. I, I really I don't understand that. We should just be saying that there's been five no-hitters. I'm with you. I'm with you. If it's an official game, it's an official no-hitter. 
And, right. and the rules say it's an, it's an official game. So, you know what, why not put it in there and say, you know, it was a seven-inning no-hitter. So, you know, I think it should be counted. Of course it should be counted. Yeah, but, that was you know, out of his control. That's not how it works. Yeah, it was out of right. his control. All right, I got to ask you about the uh, the piece you did on Fangraphs with uh, where did all the home runs go? Because I I feel like it is it is something that you know you in the baseball community, okay, and, and like you're you're very embedded and you eat, sleep, breathe baseball, right? I'm over here in Cleveland where uh, baseball is my favorite sport of all time. Like I love the sport; it's my everything. But we talk football 95 percent of the time. Like that's just that's who we are. That's what we do. That's what drives the ratings. That's what people care about more. Um, baseball gets a little slice of the pie, but not a ton of the pie, right? The conversation well, I mean, no one's having. Yeah, yeah I mean it's just, it's just a reality. But the conversation no one's having here that a lot of baseball enthusiasts like yourself are having is about the home runs and where they went and the deadening of the baseball. Can you give a short primer or hell a long primer? I don't care. Whichever one you're smart enough. Uh, can you give me a primer on what exactly is happening here? So just kind of long story short in 2019, there were more home runs hit than in any season in baseball history. And it wasn't even close. In 2020, it was a shortened season, so the raw number wasn't there, but it was basically the same. There were, there were balls flying out of the yard all the time. And so over the offseason, MLB was like, we need to do something about this. The game has become too reliant on the home run, and it's not exciting. We need, we need more action in the field, which like, is something I think most people should get behind, seeing you know guys like Freddie Galvis, I know a few years ago, hit like 20 home runs in a season, and Freddie Galvis you know, is not the sort of guy you think can hit 20 home runs in a season. And so what they did was is they basically de-increased the drag. If, if, I'm, if I'm understanding what I've read correctly, they've increased the drag on the baseball and they've also made the baseball bouncier. So basically the ball will leave the bat at higher speeds, but it won't travel as far as it did even at slightly lower speeds in prior years. Effectively what they did was they, they made it deader. It's, there's not as many home runs. And so in order to see the effect and kind of figure out how many home runs we'd expect to see this season, I kind of delved, you know, dove deep into the numbers comparing April 2021 to April 2019, our last April of baseball, and compared to see where we're losing our home runs, at what exit speeds and at what exit angles, you know, are we seeing the, you know, the biggest drop in. And, it, and you know, it's not surprising that it's the lower speeds and the lower angles, those are going to be the balls that don't travel as far. You know, if things at mm-hmm. higher speeds aren't traveling as far, they might not be going 10 rows back, but only going five rows back. And it's still a home run anyway. But it's those wall scrapers, the ones that would go one or two rows back that are now not leaving the yard. And so then I asked, you know, what's happening to these batted balls? Are they now doubles? Right. That'd be good because that'd kind of be what MLB would want. Right. More mm-hmm. balls in play, more action, more runners running the bases. But I actually found that, you know, while there are an increase in doubles, which is good, there's also a huge increase in outs. And so that's going to ultimately lead to, you know, reduced offense overall. And so I I should caution all of this and say we're still seeing a lot of home runs. They only deaden the baseball maybe by about 10% off of 2019. But in a game that's become increasingly, you know, strikeout happy, when you try and reduce the one way in which hitters can kind of counteract that, you're going to just see an overall decrease in offense, and that's ultimately what I predict will happen this year, and I think the numbers are pretty much suggesting that that will happen. 
Yeah, and you did a great piece with the, you know, it was a great job with the piece. It just, it, it felt like to me then baseball has this unintended consequence, right? Like Rob Manfred tried to fix a problem and in turn made it a worse problem. Right. And, and the thing is, is you don't know exactly what the motives were. So it's hard to say, mm-hmm. you know, MLB did that exactly to increase action. Maybe all they wanted to do was decrease home runs. And if that was yeah. their goal, that's what they got. Um, but I know there's been a huge discussion among people in baseball recently that have all been saying we need more singles, doubles, triples. We need more action in the field. There's been discussions of banning shifts. So this just seemed like one of those easy things. Okay, turn down the dial on home runs, and we're, and hitters will adjust and hit more singles, doubles, and triples. But the problem is, is they turned down the dial, but at the same time, it's still – the most advantageous outcome for a hitter to hit a home run anyway, and they're still going over the yard enough that that's still going to be the approach, which is try and hit a home run. It's just this time around, there's going to be fewer home runs. And, yeah. and ultimately the yeah. biggest frustrating thing is that they mm-hmm. just make all these changes all the time, right? It's just <laughs> always a different game. Well, they should, they should try to tinker with things to get it right. So, like, I like that idea. Uh, but, yeah, they, they need to – I feel like they either need to go to, like, an extreme measure, like moving the, the mound back or uh, figure out something better than what they're currently doing. You know, I was talking to Doug Glanville the other day, and I told Doug Glanville, you know, at one point he was second in the league in hits and, you know, he stole a bunch of bases and, and you know, speed guy with a glove, right? And I was like, you're, you're extinct now. Like, you don't exist as a baseball player. Like, that's, that's a real problem, Devin. No, I'm with you. I mean, it's it's even the guys who have speed have to hit, you know, 25 home runs plus a year. I mean, you think about a guy like Trey Turner, one of the fastest players in baseball, but he's also one of the best players in baseball because stolen bases supplement the power rather than that's not just his game, right? In, in 2018, homered 19 times and stole 43 bases. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the player that you have to be today if you want to steal bases. It has to be part of the game, not your game. All right, so I want to hedge – Part of what I saw, like hedge your bet, like part of what I saw with you on Twitter uh, was you said ties would be better than the extra inning rule. Just hard to think a loss in the 10th would uh, equal or should equal a loss through nine. So you put out there that the runner on second rule starting in the 12th, 13th or later. How about I've been thinking this for a while. How about we just start it in the 11th? Like I was thinking the 11th is the right time. You play one extra inning of just normal, what we usually see in baseball, extra innings, and then in the 11th we start off, and then you can go ahead and put a runner on second. Well, I think that would be better. I mean, I think anything would be better than what we currently have. Um, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's like it's not equivalent to what we see through nine, and that's, that's pretty obvious. That was the point of it. I, the reason I think 13th, ultimately the more I've thought about it, is you give mm-hmm. each team nine outs. You give each team, you know, one more time through the order. Um, and, and then, and then you can move to that. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I watched games like the Braves Phillies game last night. It was so exciting, but you're just thinking to yourself, this just is not baseball. Like the Braves won and, and, and now it's fine. But like, should that really count the same as winning in nine innings? I don't really know. I mean, that it just turned into a mess, which can be fun to watch, can be painful to watch, but it's not the same as what, as what you saw through the first nine innings. Do you want to give out like half wins? Like, what are you what are you proposing here? Well, I mean, I think okay. I mean, you can go you can go crazy if you want for this. I mean, I, I also you do have to recognize you have to balance between the traditional you know baseball and, and the you know in the and the new baseball that's kind of been created over the last few years. 
I think a point system would honestly make sense and in some ways make more sense than what the NHL does because teams play so defensive at the end of the games. You can't play defensive in baseball. So why not three for a win, two for an extra inning win, and one for an extra inning loss? Where, like, the win is weighted, you know, the most in nine innings. It would make the ninth inning just absolutely insane because you could earn that extra standings point, right? You know, those seventh, eighth, and ninth innings are going to have it – crazy more leverage now because that extra point you're going to get is going to be really valuable that you won't be able to get the minute it goes to the 10th. You can leave the rule and then you still reward the team with like a third of a win if they lose. I actually really like it. I didn't know that I would, but I really like that idea. It, it just, it makes sense to me. You, you and I both know it's never going to happen because it's way too radical, but I, I love the outside the box thing. Maybe in like a decade, we can have that one stamped down. It might take that long to go through all the, the minor leagues and, and all the different uh, uh, trial balloons that it has to go through. But uh, it's actually, it's really good. Uh, Devin Fink, thank you. I, first time I've talked to you. Uh, this was outstanding. Appreciate you coming on and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, man. You too. Thanks for having me on.